culture to politics. This is the Michael Medved Show. And another great day in this greatest nation on God's green earth. Certainly a great day if you look at the job numbers. How do you explain that? Uh, I mean, most Americans who are experiencing this economy firsthand, fighting with inflation, fighting with paying bills, looking toward the future, they think the economy sucks. But the uh, job numbers, which were double what was uh, generally predicted by Dow Jones, by the Wall Street Journal people, 528,000 new jobs for July. Uh, why? We will get to that. Of course, President Biden has something to say about it. And the Democrats are getting ready to pop all kinds of champagne because they are engaged in uh, pushing forward the Inflation Reduction Act, or do they even call it that anymore? Or do they call it something different? This is the Save the World Act that the Democrats got Christian cinema to sign on to, and they can pass with a an overwhelming 50-vote non-majority. No, it's not a majority. It's just one half of the Senate, and then uh, the Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris, gets, if all goes according to plan after they are done with their vote-a-rama, uh, they are going to be allowing free amendments. They're going to be debating all through the weekend. What excitement. We will let you share in some of that excitement. We'll also be talking about the uh, controversy over at CPAC. Uh, we'll be joined by Jason Rance, who is at CPAC. What about the idea of having a an authoritarian uh, thug, and he is, uh, named Viktor Orban from Hungary, as one of the featured speakers. He's somebody who has lost members of his own staff because of a speech he gave about two weeks ago uh, that was racist and Nazi. He gave a speech in Romania, which is not a good place to give it in, which is right next door to Hungary. And Hungary has some territorial ambitions on uh, Romania. Why? Because once upon a time, there was territory that was controlled by Hungary. In any event, he's featured at CPAC. Why is that a good thing? We also have a, a number of big movies, uh, including a fairly remarkable movie that uh, it combines alien science fiction visitation with a very loving portrayal of the Comanche Nation 300 years ago. Yeah, it's called Prey. It's part of the Predator series. We'll be giving you a, a look at that uh, film, which opens today across the country. Plus, of course, we have uh, a bullet train opening across the country and a big new animated film featuring the voices of Jane Fonda and Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah, that's right. Whoopi. Uh, the film is called Luck. Uh, and is it your good luck to uh, go see it? We'll give you a full, frank, and fearless review here on the Michael Medved Show. But first, the excitement of the Democrats as they rally behind this bill that they uh, now look like they have a chance of passing. Yesterday, a bunch of senators, led by uh, Chuck Schumer, of course, and Michael Bennett of Colorado and Chris Coons of Delaware, they were together with the head of the American Federation of Teachers, the head of the Sierra Club, uh, the head of a number of uh, groups who were speaking passionately 
on behalf of this new piece of legislation. Uh, this as part of their demonstration. Listen. I'm Tiernan Sittenfeld with the League of Conservation, with the League of Conservation Voters. So I know we're all excited and we want to raise our voices one more time to make sure this gets done. So this is a four-part chant. It's a little complicated because there's so much to love in this bill, but I, I, I practice with my son, so I think we can do it. So when I say climate, you say action. Climate. Action. Climate. Action. Climate. Action. When I say health, you say care. Health. Care. Health. Care. Health. Care. When I say lower, you say prices. Lower. Prices. Lower. Prices. Lower. Prices. When I say fairer, you say taxes. Fairer. Taxes. Fairer. Taxes. Fairer. Taxes. All right, all together now. Climate. Action. Health. Care. Lower. Taxes. Fair. All right. Thank you, everybody. And now I am... Beautiful. Yeah, inspiring. Uh, why do Democrats have this thing about chanting? I mean, chanting is... Well, we do some chanting in synagogue, but it's ancient prayers and biblical texts and, and other things. That do... And again, and it's chanting in a, in a formulation that we believe has holiness to it, divinity. It certainly has ancient authority. What is with these chants? Climate, action, prices, lower, or was it lower prices? Or Health, care, lower, there we taxes, go. fair, taxes. All right, thank you, everybody. Fairer taxes, uh-huh. So, uh, at least she was in a good mood. Uh, Randy Weingarten is almost never in a good mood. She is the head of the American Federation of Teachers. And uh, she has been so destructive to the whole educational system in the United States. But uh, she just seems unhinged about this particular bill. Listen. You say, she's from the teachers' union. She's a teacher. Where's the education pieces here? Where's the education pieces here? Climate change. If we actually stop these extreme weather events, look at what's happening in Kentucky right now. Look at what's happening in California right now. We then give a future to our kids. If we actually make sure that drugs like this Somebody asked me, why am I still wearing my jacket? Because I always wear my jacket because I always have my asthma medication. If we can actually negotiate Medicare drug prices, we can make sure that anybody who has asthma gets that medication fairly and easily and drop the cost. <laughs> Same in terms of other health care. And for extra credit, there's good jobs out of here, too. This is a bill that's going to solve the issues that keep people up at night. Thank you very much. And with that, with that... Okay, with that, l let me ask. Uh, honestly, is there anybody out there listening to this show? And we have people listening all over the country and people of every political orientation. Anyone who believes that this bill, when and if it passes, and it almost surely will pass that it, it really will help life all over the country? Uh, how, how does it do that? How, how do you solve so many problems all at once? 
this is such a magnificent piece of legislation. In other words, she's making it sound, they're making it sound as if you oppose this kind of legislation at all, then you somehow want uh, the climate to get worse and worse. And, and, and given the, how, uh, by the way, modest, really, the climate sections of this bill are, how fraudulent the idea is that it is actually an inflation reduction bill. This is uh, actually a, a new version, slimmed down, trimmed down, uh, repackaged, of the uh, Biden's budget-busting Build Back Better bill. Yeah, remember that? And Joe Manchin wouldn't go along with that. He's going along with this one. Kristen Sinema wouldn't go along with that. She's going along with this one. Not a single Republican is. Not one. Not one. There's nothing that can uh, unite Republicans as effectively as uh, basically the Democrats peddling the very old-fashioned tax-and-spend Democratic philosophy. I mean, really? This is uh, that exciting moment? We'll give you uh, some more exciting moments. A Hungarian leader, authoritarian leader, uh, getting wild cheers at CPAC. Why should conservatives cheer for somebody like Viktor Orban? That and more coming up on The Medved Show, 1-800-955-1776. Jeremy, do you have that clip from uh, from Don't Look Up, which was an intermittently funny movie? It was about a deadly comet that had been identified that was going to hit America and destroy the entire world, and nobody believed the astronomer, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, or his assistant, played by Jennifer Lawrence. No one believed them as they were trying to ra save the world and alert people about what was happening. And doesn't uh, Randy Weingarten sound at least a little bit like uh, the Jennifer Lawrence character in that situation? Uh, listen. Well, maybe the destruction of the entire planet isn't supposed to be fun. Maybe it's supposed to be terrifying. And we should stay up every night crying when we're all 100% for sure going to die. Okay, basically it was supposed to be a movie, a comedy about how the world was ignoring climate change even though there was a ticking clock and we were in fact all going to die. Um, President Biden wasn't in a bad mood or gloomy mood today. Earlier today, because of the jobs report, uh, the president was exulting. The way that this was covered on CNBC, 
is U.S. payrolls increased by 528,000 in July. That's more than double what was expected. Hiring in July was far better than expected, defying multiple other signs that the economic recovery is losing steam. So said the Bureau of Labor Statistics earlier this morning. The uh, non-farm payrolls rose 528,000 for the month, and the unemployment rate was 3.5%. Now, normally, if you have an unemployment rate of 3.5%, that's just incredible. That's That's basically as good as it gets. The unemployment rate is now back to its pre-pandemic level and tied for the lowest since 1969. That's 53 years ago. That's uh, though the uh, rate for black people rose 0.2 percentage points to 6%. 6% for black unemployment is remarkable. Wage growth also surged higher as average hourly earnings jumped 0.5% for the month and 5.2% uh, from the same time a year ago. Okay, so this is President uh, Biden actually exulting over that good news. But I even this exaltation, it gives the president kind of a tough time. Listen. Today we received another outstanding jobs report. 528,000 jobs were added just last month to this country's employment. 528,000 jobs. We have now nearly doubled what we we're at almost at 10 million jobs. Almost at 10 million jobs since I took office. That's the fastest job growth in history. Today, we also matched the lowest unemployment rate in America in the last 50 years. 3.5%. Yes. 3.5%. Today, there are more people working in America than before the pandemic began. In fact, there are more people working in America than any point in American history. Okay, and uh, then the president also uh, added, do you have that, uh, Jeremy? He, he added about the president's job. Well, he, he basically said it was the president's job to help put food on your table. And he says, my job, too, as if he was forgetting that he was actually the president. Uh, this is the way that uh, Lindsey Graham, on the other hand, saw this this new emergency bill, this, uh, quote, inflation reduction bill that the Democrats are trumpeting about and worried about, and uh, the way that uh, Senator Graham of South Carolina, Republican, defined it. Listen to this clip so 15. So I'm hoping that we can come up with um, proposals that will make sense to a few of them, and they will abandon this jihad their own to tax and spend. But I just turn it over to John now, but to Joe Manchin, you have a game plan that counts on something you need to really think long and hard about. Okay, and uh, that thinking long and hard is how it's going to actually help uh, have more good days, like the economy's day-to-day, -day, help bring the inflation down by spending more money and increasing government regulation. How does that work? It didn't stop uh, Chris Coons, the senator from Delaware, Democrat, very close to President Biden, 
from celebrating the new spending bill. Why? Well, listen. $60 billion for environmental justice, for neighborhoods and communities that have asked for decades, when will there be relief from the particles in the air, from the pollution in the ground, from the ways in which our ability to sustain ourselves and to grow our own food is eking away from us. Relief is on its way. This is a landmark investment. This is a transformational bill of real significance, something we can tell our kids and our grandchildren about. Okay, really? Really? Does anyone really believe that uh, this is something you can tell your kids and grandchildren all about? That uh, this is going to be something that is, is so strange. I remember the day the, the climate justice, the day the uh, re inflation reduction bill was passed by the Democrats without a single Republican vote. Uh, this is a, a sad situation. I have a sad situation in CPAC. That is, I guess, the Republican response or one of the Republican responses to what the Democrats are trumpeting in Washington, D.C. And uh, this is, uh, every year, the largest gathering of conservatives. They measure what's going on, who's up, who's down. And Republicans continue to expect a, a gigantic uh, wave actually sweeping them into power in the House of Representatives, the Senate little bit more complicated but in CPAC they have one art installation uh, we're gonna speak to Jason Rance about that about everything that is going on at CPAC in Dallas where one thing that is for sure is they're having a hot time in the old town tonight Dallas is pretty warm this time of year uh, they not only have Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban addressing the delegates or the participants at CPAC they have a, an art installation showing a, a MAGA demonstrator wrongly imprisoned for his role in January 6th, and he's crying. Uh, so no tears in baseball? Remember that? Uh, are there tears at CPAC? We'll be speaking momentarily to the one, the only, Jason Rance, coming up. The next generation would be justified in looking back at us and asking, what were you thinking? Couldn't you hear what the scientists were saying? Couldn't you hear what Mother Nature was screaming at you? The Michael Medved Show. Uh, the voice of Al Gore is not a voice they're going to be hearing, I don't think, at a CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Committee gathering, politi Conservative Political Action Conference. Uh, sponsored by the American Conservative Union. It's always a big event. Jason Rance is there uh, holding down the fort, talking to the guests, reporting on everything that's going on. Jason, of course, the wildly popular afternoon host uh, that immediately follows our show right here on our flagship station, AM uh, 770 KTTH. Jason's on every weekday, 3 p.m. to 6 p.m. 
Uh, so, Jason, are you standing next to this uh, jail cell that uh, has gotten all the publicity? I am uh, 20 feet away. The funny thing is, I did not realize it was getting so much publicity. I, I'm sort of in my little bubble here at CPAC and broadcasting my, my show and, and I give my speech today. I did not. Re- I, I saw this sort of in the corner of my eye. I didn't really know what it was. I just checked it out. It's actually kind of well done. Yeah. But, okay. So it shows a, a prison cell that's been constructed, and it has a guy in an orange uh, jumpsuit, and uh, he's wearing a MAGA hat, and he's crying. And what does this represent? What does the what is the theme? Well, my assumption is it's connected to January 6th. Uh, you've got some folks who are still uh, jailed, and certainly th- there's a, an argument to be made about their treatment in, in the eyes of the law versus how others have been treated for uh, political violence and non-political violence. So it's, I, that's my assumption as to what it is. There is a hashtag at the end that says walk away, which is part of a bigger movement to sort of just leave the party and, and pursue principles rather than w- – what they, I guess, believe party stands for now. I see. Uh, so this is not exactly a Republican pep rally. It's it's something different and more. And what was well, your speech about, by the way? So th- this morning we talked about media bias and how stories are formed and how certain narratives take shape and why they take shape, how stories end up getting misconstrued almost intentionally, I guess, depending on the topic and depending on the the outlet and what can be done to be better consumers of news. You know, p- part of what I do in Seattle is cover stories that no one else covers, mostly because, you know, I, I look at stories through a conservative lens. I take issues that, you know, folks on the left don't necessarily want to highlight <laughs> for, for a variety of reasons, mostly ide- ideological and so uh, we, we talked a little bit about story selection and why the, the dishonesty exists in the way that it does, both perceived and uh, in reality. Uh, can, uh, speaking about story selection, I mean, I do think it's uh, very telling that the the one big featured speaker who's getting all the publicity from CSPAC, uh, CPAC was Viktor Orban, the prime minister of Hungary. Uh, and it does seem. I ran into him yesterday. Oh, how how was he? Did he uh, offer you some goulash or? He, he did not, but he his uh, armed security kept me from using the restroom while he was in there, and I waited patiently, wondering who was in there, and then out comes Victor Orban, uh, still drying his hands. That was my experience with him. I see. Okay. Well, <laughs> to re- did you hear his speech? I, I heard parts of the speech, and then I read some other parts. Um, it it was curious because i was mostly interested not even necessarily in the speech itself but how it would be perceived obviously it comes after a speech he gave in hungary that i think is taking a little bit out of context um what what was curious was just the response and i I read in the washington post today dave weigel or weigel calling out the fact that i guess folks in the audience booed when george soros's name was mentioned and weigel writes george soros who is jewish after he announces he was booed, this is like it's so despicable and so disgusting, and it's just so ironic that it happens right before my media bias <laughs> speech. 
Right. In other words, he, he was saying that, and, and by, is it a surprise that, uh, that at a conservative gathering, George Soros would be booed? Exactly. I, by, by the way, he, he is somebody who is not, as you know very well, Jason, not popular in the Jewish community. But the, the choice of Viktor Orban, of all foreign leaders, I mean, right now there are a bunch of exciting conservatives, both of um, in, in Britain. Uh, they, they could have brought uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, who has a big following in the United States among conservatives. Uh, yeah, I mean, they could, why, they could why bring, bring a whole bunch of different people. It, it, it depends on who, you know, and as you know, it, the person has to be uh, amiable to coming to the, this country for a speech and has to be actually available. I, I think I talked to Matt Schlapp, who is the, the guy behind TPAC, yesterday about this decision, because obviously, yeah, it's deemed controversial uh, by some folks. And he said, look, what's going on in Hungary and in Europe and Hungary's role in pushing back against some of the policies of the EU is interesting. It, it certainly touches on border security, which is something that, you know, we're having a conversation about here in this country. He says, look, do we agree with or do I agree with everything that, that he says or stands for? No, but we're willing to have that conversation and listen and actually debate. The fact of the matter is if there was a Repo uh, Democrat response to CPAC or a Democrat-style CPAC, you wouldn't get diversity of thought. And I don't think that most people here view Viktor Orban as so over the top uh, that, that we wouldn't that they wouldn't want to hear him speak. Why, why not somebody from Ukraine? I mean, one of the problems about Orban is that he has been a very uh, probably the most lukewarm supporter of Ukraine and its struggle for survival of any of the NATO leaders. It's, uh, uh, and right now, there's so much um, a focus on the beginning of a Ukrainian counteroffensive. Uh, in any event, was there anyone from Ukraine speaking? Not to my knowledge. Um, I, again, I, I imagine part of that might be a scheduling conflict, given that there's a war right now. <laughs> they <laughs> right. might not think it's the best uh, optics to come to CPAC. Uh, during a war, you know, th that conversation and that issue is a little bit complicated in that sense of we obviously don't support Russia. We, we none of us want to see Vladimir Putin gain any influence, while at the same time, we also know we can't just endlessly send billions of dollars to a country without significant oversight and an actual plan and timeline and end goal that's a little less nebulous than Let's just stop Putin. There, there has to be a plan. And I, I spoke with, for example, Congressman Andy Biggs about that today, uh, the, the conservative from Arizona. And, they, you know, you get generally that same point of, yeah, of course we support Ukraine, but what does that mean? And what is the national security interest for the United States versus we know what the security interests are in Europe, but what about this country? And we haven't really had that conversation to – that's at least the perception of a lot of folks here. And one of the things, and I know you have to run because you have other appointments and speeches and interviews, but uh, Jason, who's getting the most enthusiastic response? What the news is saying is that there's a lot of uh, very pro uh, Ron DeSantis uh, going on at CPAC. Yeah, and everywhere I've gone, I was just at Turning Point USA's Student Action Summit a couple uh, about a week and a half ago. 
everyone is excited about Ron DeSantis. Everyone is also excited about Donald Trump and Ted Cruz is here. He's speaking today. You know, these are big names within this movement and everyone here for the most part is excited to hear what they have to say. And I know Trump is wrapping up the CPRAC conference. Uh, Jason Rance uh, will listen for, to your show at 3 o'clock right after our show this afternoon. If the Blue Angels don't drown us out, uh, uh, have a great time there and good luck and see you when you get back. When we get back, come back from the break, we'll play a few moments from Victor Orban's controversial speech today at CPAC. That and more coming up on The Medved Show. The Michael Medved Show. All across America. This is The Michael Medved Show. On the uh, Michael Medved show, the uh, New York Times certainly gave abundant attention to Viktor Orban, the strongman who runs Hungary. His official title is prime minister. And by the way, I, I was on today with, uh, uh, with G and Ursula, who uh, are part of our sister station at uh, Cairo, and I um, it's wrong to refer to Orban as the dictator of Hungary. He's elected. He is a strong man. He has shattered democratic norms. He is not a supporter of democracy. But a dictator he is not. He, they just ran an election in Hungary that was monitored, and most people believe, including the Hungarians, it was a fair election. And he won again. But... Uh, there is this from uh, Neil Vigder, writing from Dallas at the site of CPAC. It says it was a reception from conservatives that would be expected for a party leader like former President Donald J. Trump, replete with standing ovations, glad handing, and roaring approval for a defiant message opposing immigration and gay marriage. But the recipient of the heroic welcome on Thursday was Viktor Orban, the Hungarian prime minister, who has been widely condemned for his attacks on democratic norms. At the Conservative Political Action Conference in Dallas, he was an opening headliner. Uh, he uh, joined an opening day lineup that included Governor Greg Abbott of Texas, the Fox News host Sean Hannity, and Sarah Palin, the former Alaska governor who is now a uh, prominent candidate for Congress, for the House as Alaska's only uh, representative in the House of Representatives. The uh, conference will culminate this weekend with a concluding speech by Mr. Trump, who has frequently been compared to Mr. Orban. He actually, while Trump was president, he endorsed, urged everyone in Hungary who was a follower of Donald Trump to vote for Orban, and I guess they did. The uh, support that uh, Mr. Orban found in Dallas contrasted with the fallout from his July speech in Romania. Uh, these countries are no longer nations, he said in Romania. They are nothing more than a conglomeration of peoples. Uh, he spoke of a divided Europe when immigrants were changing the character of our world. We are willing to mix with one another, but we do not want to become peoples of a mixed race, Mr. Orban said. Migration has split Europe in two, or I could say 
It has split the West in two. Um, the response to his speech where he talked against the idea of a mixed race was angry, including from his own staff. Uh, Zarusa Hagadus, who is a confidant of Mr. Orban's, wrote in a July 26th resignation letter published uh, that not uh, uh, her letter published in the Hungarian news media that not even, quote, the most bloodthirsty racist could condone Mr. Orban's rhetoric. She compared Mr. Orban's message to themes used by the Nazis, including Joseph Goebbels, the propaganda chief for Adolf Hitler. I don't know how you didn't notice that you were presenting a pure Nazi text worthy of Goebbels, she wrote. In any event, uh, Orban was less controversial, at least somewhat, speaking to CPAC. He sounded like this. This is clip 16. Devoted to law and order without compromise. We decided, we decided we don't need more genders, we need more rangers. <laughs> Less drag queens and more Chuck Norris. Uh, more, less drag cranes and more Chuck Norris. He also said to the uh, address the people at CPAC, which is a clever line and shows that he has people who know something about American history who are uh, helping him with this. He said, uh, the globalists can all go to hell. I have come to Texas, which is a reflection of, quiz question, Davy Crockett. Uh, Davy Crockett lost an election back in Tennessee, and uh, he um, uh, basically said of Andrew Jackson, who was a big political opponent of his, Davy Crockett said, uh, they can all go to hell, I'm going to Texas. And he did go to Texas and died about a year later in the Alamo. Uh, the uh, Chuck Norris... I don't know if he visited the Alamo on on his trip. Not Chuck Norris, Victor Orban, who won't be um, won't be actually uh, compared to frequently to Mr. Norris. Uh, meanwhile, there there is the talk about political violence, and there's a a a question that is raised by this. It seems to me. Uh, that is very profound, and I think the press is not even asking the question. Christopher Wray, the director of the FBI, talked about the increase in political violence relating it to the Dobbs Supreme Court decision. Uh, listen, this is clip seven. I think what has happened since the, uh, since the Dobbs opinion leaked uh, is a, a general intensification of violence uh, across the issue. Uh, but we have seen a notable uptick uh, in violence, which we had not seen as much of before, uh, directed at the kinds of uh, organizations and facilities that Senator Lee mentioned. But there's absolutely the kind that you mentioned as well. And I think this is part of a larger phenomenon that we are experiencing in this country right now, which is I understand that passions run high, especially on an issue like abortion. Uh, but there are just way too many people who seem to think that it, that, that justifies engaging in violence uh, and, and destruction of property and threats of violence. You mentioned Molotov cocktails. 
uh, I feel like every day I'm getting briefed on somebody throwing a Molotov cocktail at someone for some issue. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. And it's wrong. And it's on the left. That's what people aren't commenting about. In other words, the idea that the people are angry about the Dobbs decision, it's not conservatives who are angry about the Dobbs decision. In other words, if you have the Dobbs decision overruling Roe v. Wade, that's what conservatives have wanted for 50 years, for goodness sake. And the violence that has occurred attacking some of the crisis pregnancy centers, some of the centers of pro-life activity, that hasn't been violenced by the right. It is so common for people on the left to look at extremism on the right and uh, as if that's the only place it's coming from. And uh, look, violence is wrong on this issue, on any side of this issue. And uh, Christopher Ray doesn't uh, make it clear that that's what he's talking about. He does say that social media plays a role. Clip eight. Do you think that uh, violence that uh, shows up on social media, and when I think about some of the indications we'd seen in the shootings as well, a separate issue, the mass separate issue shootings, um, contributes to this? I certainly think that social media uh, has provided a bullhorn for issues and, and uh, animosity and anger and passion and rage that it may exist anyways, uh, and it provides for a, a level of speed and dissemination of hate and anger that uh, is definitely part of the issue here. Okay, uh, fair enough, all fair enough, but uh, again, the, the real need is when you have people like the director of the FBI speaking to mainstream media about political violence, it is very, very common for people to assume that what we're talking about is violent groups on the right, that you're talking only about the kind of violence that you saw on January 6th, not about the violence that you saw throughout the summer of 2020 uh, after the George Floyd death and the reaction to it where there was far more displays of violence, far more commonly, and yet that tended to be excused or even glorified by so many voices on the left. This is exactly one of those uh, divisions that was alluded to by Jason Rance that um, involve the way you perceive things through a political lens. We'll continue that conversation when it comes to guns, and grandpa, and uh, uh, even putting the abortion issue in a realistic context. That and more with Paul Kengor coming up in This Greatest Nation on God's Green Earth.